All right. Hello, guys. Welcome. This is probably the biggest event uh, since the podcast series thing ever started. This is yeah. the Velocity podcast. Uh, no jingle? Have we got a jingle yet? Will there be a jingle before this or not got one yet? Uh, probably not, mate. No. I'll, I'll have it ready for tomorrow. Do you want to give it a go? What? Do, do, a, do an actual jingle? Yeah. 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 Um, um, I, I tell you what, we, okay, here's, here, we can start this off. We used to probably go back to uni days. We used to just randomly like make little jingles up between us, like when we're working beside each other. So maybe we should do that. No, you just do one noise at a time. Don't like make, that's, that's the jingle. <laughs> it's gone on too long now. It's gone on too long. So this is the Velocity Podcast, and <laughs> this I'm is... definitely going to leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Velocity Podcast, and this is our opportunity to kind of uh, down tools a little bit and let you guys um, know that we are basically legends, know that we're very normal people. Modest. Um, we are modest, uh, very normal people. And we just want to talk a little bit um, about a day in the life of what it's like to be business mentors for uh, our amazing coaches, talk about some of the stuff that we get up to, um, and hopefully... Uh, bring a smile to your face at the same time. But we wouldn't that be a, a delightful uh, mandate for our podcast, just to make make some people smile, even if it's at us, not with us. I'm fine with that. I've you know spent the last 35 years doing that, so there's no reason to uh, no reason to change that now. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, cool. um, so we um, we have recently just come back from one of the most epic weekends i think we've had together right we went to um we went to hull hull probably probably not somewhere i'm going to take the kids if i'm honest um but but what happens if if our first audience members are from hull they're like they're tuning in being like velocity podcast has launched we're in and they're getting slagged off inside the first few minutes yeah i didn't think about that well we've just already subsectioned our audience so apologies if you're from hell um but I'm, I'm speaking the truth here um no we had an amazing weekend right we did yeah we um we actually so we're big squash fans um and squash uh the, the tour goes to huh squash fans oh squash friend um we yeah the british open runs in hull every every year quite a big place for squash up there but it, apparently no one in hull knows what squash is but apparently it's like the, the home of the home of squash, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, we had, yeah, back in 2020, pre-lockdown, uh, I can't remember when we bought the tickets. I felt like we bought them pretty quickly. like, And then we bought them as the, the whole pandemic was like unraveling, but we didn't really appreciate how how savage it was going to be. Um, and we've got tickets for the May, I think. And then obviously soon couldn't go because everything just completely locked down. And then uh, cancelled the tickets. I don't think they had spectators last year. So this was like the first time they redid it since 2019. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, we had tickets to the quarter semis and finals. So, yeah, it was epic, wasn't it? It was. It was very good. Slightly, um, I had a slightly jaded day on the Saturday, thanks to a, a rough Chinese takeaway on the on the Friday night. So it was one uh, one semi-final game where everybody else was transfixed on the, on the match and I was staring at the floor, taking deep breaths, trying not to throw up. Basically, yeah. the, worst, the worst food poisoning I've had um, in a long time. And uh, what was he? What was he, you were saying was happening in between points? Oh, just like I'm, I'm focused on this game, and just to my left here, I just every now and then I just I, I hear <sighs> just that, <laughs> that that thing. You know when you're struggling, and maybe you're hung, like you can. Anyone listening probably relate to when you're hungover, 
And like every now you, you just naturally do it. You just sigh and sighing seems to kind of just get rid of a little bit of tension and just uh, getting through a hangover is like just getting through the size from one side to the next without throwing up. And that's, that's basically what you felt like it sounded like you were doing. And then every now and then I would just like look across to you. You'd just like wipe the sweat from your brow, rest your head in your hands and just, uh, it just, I felt sorry for you because um, yeah, it was, we were there like watching this, we were there waiting to be there for like two years and you're um, Jimmy Ruggling. Yeah, it was horrid. And it was like at the squash, you can't, um, you can't just get up and walk off because it's quite a small little area. Um, so you have to sit there. And I was every time a point was going, I was like, right, well, one point closer to me being able to go to the toilet and throw up. <laughs> and uh, and then it was like one person would get a point and then the other person would equalise. I'm like, oh, shit, can someone just pull away and win this game, please? So, yeah, the second I could get away, it was great. But the rest of the weekend was epic. We had a really good time. Um, and in all seriousness, it's so important for us, I think, as uh, as best mates and business partners and, and also a message for everybody out there listening. It's so important that you take those times just to unravel, unwind and get out of the business um, because you come back to it inspired. You come back to it ready, energized. Um, and otherwise, life's just too boring, right? Like we love running a business, but not all the time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that, that, the funny thing is, there's like a, I think there's like a backwards um, thing here, which is uh, if you if you are in that work mode and you're like, oh, I want to get, um, I want to be more creative. I want to have like great ideas to grow my business. And, you know, I want to push forward. I want to make progression in, in what I'm doing. And uh, you're, you're kind of really like grinning and bearing. You're pushing yourself and you're trying to drive this business forward with effort. Sometimes it takes you leaving your business and getting out of the 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 scene and the day to day entirely, and I find like you and I like on that weekend we had the odd idea here and there. We weren't like trying to focus on business. We might just having having a beer, watching a game, and then we went out for a, a nice a nice bit of food. And it's like, oh, what if that? What if we did that? And you like you start to get ideas because you take yourself out and away from the from the day to day, and that actually makes you more creative when you're back in it. So it's like this kind of weird thing, like get out of the business so you can be more creative on it. Yeah, and sometimes. Like sometimes the fucking obvious stuff hits you in the face when you're not trying too hard, when you're not trying to drive things forward. And um, I was chatting to a trainer the other day on Instagram and they were talk- they were using all these terms like, and there's nothing wrong with this. Like we've done it. We do it from time to time. But they were saying, you know, I'm grinding. I'm, Grind work- I'm working really hard. I-, I know I just need to carve this next part of my journey out. And there was basically there was some really obvious stuff that she wasn't considering that was just wasting time. And so I pointed out two or three of these things and uh, it was kind of like, Oh yeah, good point. But if she, I said to her, sometimes you just need to step back and look at the bigger picture and see what's going on. Yeah. And it's so obvious. It's so obvious that you're spending, I think it was like 20 hours a week in something that used to serve her well, that is no longer serving her well. Mm. And she needs to probably pick up three or four clients in order to be able to free up equivalent 16 hours now per week from her diary and just unlock everything that she's currently struggling with. But Mm. getting out of the weeds and, and going on a squash weekend or having a few beers or whatever it is that you enjoy that is not related to your job, it allows you the ability to get slapped in the face with, um, with these big ideas that are actually sometimes quite obvious, right? 
Yeah. And it's the other interesting um, point about this, which you and I talked about quite a lot, is this difference between uh, you've got two ends of the spectrum. Some people just aren't working hard enough. And they like generally, we can't, I think the danger here is that people that maybe aren't doing so well in something take this like, um, and this would be an error, obviously, you take that kind of message of, oh, I just need to work less and work, you know, work smart. But actually, sometimes you do need to put the work in, you need to be prepared to do need to prepare to grind and you do need to prepare to put some long days in but then you can go too far and then be working your absolute ass off like day in day out barely taking time off never switching off the brain and then you end up like losing that smart component so there's there's obviously a balance and it's not like there's there's there is a genuine perfect week that you'll have all the time because you what, what's this i think you, you love to do this this is like your favorite <laughs> Um, your favorite arm action like of, of waves that, that business moves in waves and you're going to go through these busy times and these quiet times and actually it's um recognizing when you know, you're at the top like you're at a peak and you're working really hard and thinking actually now i've got to bring myself down and knowing that you shouldn't stay in a trough for too long but kind of end up with that balance yeah and that was that was the whole reason we booked it right it was a milestone for our business that we wanted yeah. to recognize it was time out it was reminding ourselves of how we met in the first place etc so yeah, uh, a really good weekend, good fun. Got a nice cheesy squash friends photo with the uh, with the world with the British Open champion and world number one, which felt good. Yes, and, um, it was the most yeah. awkward photo I think we've ever. Seen. <laughs> yeah, we're like stood like really, really tentatively. We don't want to get too close to him or annoy him, um, but nevertheless, um, it was good to uh, yeah, it was good to get that photo, wasn't it? And uh, yeah remember him proper squash geeks i'm realizing now we really are quite quite squash. we probably switched off 99 percent of our audience already just uh, I, yeah i mean to be honest no one's no one's gonna listen or watch that i mean if someone still made this in it i don't know how far we are we in we are in now but i mean why yeah. they're still listening i don't know but okay that's a nice segue to a little thing uh, as to why we're doing it because this is our episode one and our okay here's the prediction in in years to come when people like velocity is a big deal like you and i were basically celebrities we're a-list front cover magazines like winning awards and all, all that kind of stuff they'll come back and we'll we'll be one of those instagram like inspirational posts where they're like just start because your first one's rubbish we'll be one of those examples right they'll come back to this and they'll think what on earth are they chatting about <laughs> but the, <laughs> the point the point is that you and i've been talking about podcasts for a while and we 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 are the worst at overthinking shit and yeah. we just like oh but yeah but what if what if that doesn't work and maybe we should think about this and maybe we should structure it and maybe we should start a google sheet and just like map out or you know i mean i'm the worst at that to be fair but yeah rather you love a google sheet i mean i do and i'm actually not i'm not nervous or or shy about that in any way shape or form i love a google sheet but um yeah i think there's there's a risk of overthinking stuff and then rather than just like getting started and accepting do you know what it'll be rubbish probably i mean to be fair we'll, we'll come up with some stuff but there's um like yeah it, it won't be the best it won't be as amazing as you you might want it to be but if you just do it again and again and again it's going to get better and better and better and the sooner you start the sooner you can get better um and the, the sooner you'll get to where you kind of really want to be yeah, that that alongside imposter syndrome, comparison syndrome, all of those things, it's enough to, to to make you realize why so many people just get stuck in a job that they fucking hate mm. and they do it for 50 years and then they retire and then they go, shit, I didn't do anything. Yeah. And I would much rather make a shitty couple of podcasts before we crack it 
um, and do what I want to do with my life. So yeah, that's big. Talking of um, talking of structure and Google Sheets and on all of those things is probably a good time to um, talk about one of the things that we want to mention um, at at these podcasts, which is what we've been up to in the week with um, with our team. So. Yeah. This week, with all of our coaches, we spoke about something called the PT Blueprint. Yeah. Um, and it's PT Session Blueprint. The PT Session Blueprint, yeah. So this was all about not the specific exercises or the way that you should lay out exercises. That's more in the programming side of things. Mm. But this was about the blueprint that you need, the blueprint that's going to help you structure a really high-end professional service. Something that's going to give you... Um, ultimate service delivery which is going to mean that you're going to retain clients for a long time you're going to get great results build great relationships and ultimately you're going to get a lot of referrals and it was um it was a pretty good session wasn't it yeah do you know what if i do say so myself if we say so ourselves it was bloody good and that, that i think one of the cool things about it is that the best trainings and the best systems are often the simplest but the, the within our program in our mentorship program there are there are several things which fundamentally are really really simple but either people haven't thought of because it's too simple or they've um maybe they've they've wanted to look for the complex or maybe they've been influenced slightly by what they think they should really be focused on like maximizing their exercise library and learning about supplements and micronutrients rather than just nailing the basics and being really good and one thing that we we did when we were coming up with this was um, I think actually it might have been born as a, uh, like you may have come up with this, like this kind of concept of the blueprint, something that we've been doing for a while, but it was like the question, I think the question was, how do, how do I structure a training session to optimize for retention so that my clients will keep coming back? That was that, that was one of the like inceptions behind this idea, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. So yeah, rather than how do I design the perfect program to get an optimal result, it was on the back of somebody that was um doing really well bringing lots of clients into their business but their retention was poor Hmm. and we highlighted that we didn't feel like there was a strong enough connection there between what this person was asking them to do and somebody actually buying into it and the, the exercises the programming the science the the physiology was fine there was nothing wrong with the programming but people weren't buying into it And so what I did was I started to kind of deconstruct how I used to coach people for 15 years and think about the difference between what was going on with this person and the way that I did it, because we were both very good um, with retention. We both had clients that we kept from almost from day one all the way through to the, you know, 15 years later when we gave up face to face personal training. And it wasn't down to our programming. It certainly wasn't down to our uh, our, our muscles or our faces or our physique right so, yeah. good point um but Squ- squash physique is just like being a rake <laughs> like a ethiopian um it's the it's the quality of service it's the communication it's the professionalism it's all of those things put together into again like you said like something really simple but something that you show up and you do every single hour every single session every single day every single week And there is a level of quality that happens. It doesn't matter what mood you're in. If you're in a good mood or a shit mood, you've got a client you love or a client you hate. You deliver this structure and there's a certain standard that you create for your services. 
And that standard is the thing that means that they turn up every single week. And it's the standard that means you can increase your prices every single year, irrelevant of what everybody else around you is charging. It's that standard that means you're getting emails and WhatsApps and Facebooks and Instagrams saying, I've heard you're the person to train with in your in whatever area you live. Have you got any availability? That's the the small but significant changes that people will make when they come to work with us that make such a difference to uh, to body. I didn't mean that to be a plug, by the way, but it's genuinely true. Yeah. And the touch on again, the thing you said about um, the exercises that one thing we found and we, we, we sort of as we've got more and more experience as trainers, I think. The, our exercise selection became inversely proportional to our our, um, our experience as trainers. So the longer we the longer we were PTs, the fewer exercises we used. It, it just became about we're just going to squat well, we're going to deadlift, we're going to do some pressing, do some pulling, and a little bit of like abdominal conditioning, and then some kind of fundamental mobility and stretching. Like you could probably write every exercise that we ever programmed down on like one sheet of A4 with big handwriting. <laughs> um, and that was it. And actually what happened was we realized that it was the stuff that surrounded that, that was more influential to those things you said, which was how long we kept clients for, like over, over a decade for a lot of our clients when we, when we finished. Um, and the referability, people talking about what we did because of the service we offer, not because we did a, a single leg BOSU with a like a kind of kettlebell snatch blindfolded, you know, whilst catching a tennis ball because that looked cool or that meant that, or that at least I thought that that meant people would think of me as a really creative, like special trainer that stood out in the gym. Like it's bollocks. You want to stand out for the right reason. Yeah. And it's that... Uh that initial imposter syndrome, I think that, that drives all of that initially, you know, I need to give my client an entertaining time. They need variety. I need to change their program every week. And you get so transfixed on those kind of what we call in the business things um, that you actually forget the whole point, which is someone's paying you for a result and they're paying you for guidance and they're paying you to be educated on what it is they need to do to change things that are going to improve their lives. Yeah. And um, yeah, when you kind of latch onto that, it's really simple. Um, but you just have to understand that blueprint and show up. And so it was really, it was really great to be able to put that, um, that coaching workshop together for our team and provide them with a, you know, a tangible thing that they can take away and start to integrate into all of their sessions and all their future sessions. And again, we know now that we've got a whole uh, bunch of trainers that are going to go out there and, and follow that blueprint. And we're, you know, we're going to put that little dent in the industry and, and start to, you know, hopefully continue to, to rise the standards and bring things like communication, education, buy-in from people back, uh, back in and, and not get people to be so focused on constantly feeling like they need to be clowns and entertaining people all the time. Let's get people some great results. Let's get them to understand why they're doing it. Let's get them to feel like they're part of the journey. Like how big is that? Just getting your client to feel like they are actually involved in the process rather than just being that knob trainer that's just saying, do this, do this, do this, do this. And if you don't do it my way, then you're a failure 
you're not working hard enough. You clearly don't want it. Yeah. Basically, don't be a knob. Don't be a knob. So summarise the whole piece there. You went on a beautifully emotional rant there. Just basically, don't be a knob. That should have been the subtitle, really. The PT session blueprint, don't be a knob. Don't be a knob. Yeah, perfect. Um, yeah, so the blueprint, love it. Simple, effective. Um, and it's. I think it's a great example of structure. I think, there's, I don't know about you, this probably maybe is in my head as much as anything, but um, I think there are some words and language that are overused quite a lot. And, and maybe this is just another a conversation for another day. But um, structure and systems are, are words that are used so much. And unfortunate, because we like that's kind of a big feature of the stuff that we talk about. But is, this blueprint was a great example of a structure <laughs> that actually provides so it gives your brain like a, a like a rest. So you don't have to constantly think up. You've got this framework that you can actually work inside. And it just that's what kind of structures are there to do is to save you energy and time and stress. Because you think, cool, well, as you said, I've got the exact like the minute by minute thing that I can still I still create inside of that framework. But it just gives me some barriers. It's like going bowling and then putting the barriers up. Isn't it? Just that's what you do when you go bowling. You need the barrier. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, but then it means you can't you can't the ball can't go in the gutter. You can't score zero uh, unless you're Craig Wimmer. Just throw it over the top of the barrel. But um, that's basically the principle. Like you can you can barely fail. Yes, you can deliver an amazing. You still have to turn up. You still have to do your thing. But that structure does does help you an awful lot. Yeah, and it's the one of the biggest missing ingredients that we saw in our 15 years on the gym floor was that type of structure that you mm. know they walk in it's like right what, what are we doing today and it's straight onto the gym floor working hard blood sweat and tears and that feel like yes i've given them a great session as opposed to like finding out what did they do in the last ten thousand and eighty minutes since you last saw them mm. what did they actually get up to in that time how adherent were they to the tasks that you set them how are they feeling today are they okay are they ready to train are they carrying an injury are they tired are they really pumped so that you're going to push it for them today? Like that was the kind of opening, the opening section, something called the micro review. And we're opening gonna, gambit. The opening gambit. Thank you. Yeah, we're not going to go through uh, obviously everything, but the micro review was the start. And then there's kind of like a chunky, beautiful middle with lots of little things that you need to make sure you say. And then a really lovely way to conclude a session and make sure that there's clarity from the person. And these are things that you're never going to be taught on your level three. You're never going to uh, necessarily just pick up and do, uh, certainly not in your early years as a trainer. It's something that took us a very long time to work out um, these strategies. And, you know, me and David were lucky enough to, to lean in to each other and support each other as we were growing our businesses so we could bounce these ideas off of each other. And that's been the really enjoyable thing about creating velocity is that we've now taken that a stage further from uh, eight or so years of mentorship and kind of, again, fused all of that together to create this one thing uh, in each of the categories, which seems to work um, devilishly well, shall we say? Devilishly well. Yeah, it does. OK, listen, let's um, let's stop ranting on. Maybe we should wrap this up. This I mean, it's been a good one. I'm not going to lie. I think you've been on form. You've 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 done a good job. If I could give you just a quick bit of feedback on today's podcast. Yeah, you, you've been all right. You've been all right. Yeah, I've let you've 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 taken you've started the show with this one to be honest. Um, <laughs> I'll take I'll take I'll I'll bring my A game I'll, I'll I'll raise my game for the next one if you could. Yeah. Okay, so we are going to finish, um, and we're going to try and finish this way for as many weeks as we can uh, drum something up. We're going to finish with a little bit of a 
something random, right? Yes, just a random fact or story or something just to kind of cap it off. Okay, cool. Right. Your... It may turn to be something that's iconic. In like, they're like they're, people will say, "Have you heard that Velocity podcast?" They'll be like, "Yeah, you know, there's the Egg and David Miller." Like they they talk about sorry, um, they talk about you know, they drop knowledge bombs all the way through. It's funny, it's humorous. Like especially that David character, he's 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 good. He's great. Um, ah, the um, anyway, but no, they might end up saying the bit at the end is just so so fascinating and interesting. Okay, well, you, you've set the bar relatively high, so I'm going to let you go first because my friend... <laughs> All right, fine. So I went to Paris recently with my, my dearest wife um, on our sort of baby moon, they call it. Um, we're expecting our first child in, uh, inside the next month or so. Um, and we went there, just the two of us, to kind of waltz around Paris and do the, do the thing. And I saw this fact, right? Here's a, here's a fact for you. I think the, the Eiffel Tower, this isn't my fact, by the way, because I don't know, but it, I think it's about 300 metres tall. So it's obviously very tall. Have you been up the Eiffel Tower? Not yet, no. Not yet. So um, anyway, in summer, the Eiffel Tower can actually be up to 15 centimetres taller than it is in winter due to something called thermal expansion. <laughs> the way you said that was great um that's actually really interesting to be fair that's made me feel a bit shit about my fact i like it. there you go so yeah basically you know the particles like the heat up they expand like stuff expands in the heat i mean i'm not a physicist so i don't really know but it kind of makes sense i can't really explain it from a deeper level than that but mate i tell you, i went up it i i didn't realize i was actually quite scared of heights i'm honest did you notice whether it was 15 centimeters off what you were <laughs> <getting> or not? <laughs> I, 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 no, I didn't because I tell you when I was going up to the lift at the very top of the Eiffel Tower, I could I could sense my heart rate was increasing 10 beats per minute every bloody 10 seconds. Really? Um, no, yeah, I, 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 I was fine after a little while, but my legs definitely were a bit shaky. So um, I wouldn't have yeah. expected that from you. No, I thought I was all right as well. I thought, no, I've got this. And then it just like it, it wasn't in my control. It just happened as I was getting top because it's very ominous as you're going up obviously it gets narrower and narrower towards the top and you're like just you suddenly realize how tall you are it's a bit disconcerting in a way anyway that's my um that's my little fact for you was your um heavily pregnant wife taking care of you and making <laughs> she was actually <laughs> she was fine she's like babe you're right <laughs> feeling, feeling a bit icky actually yeah that's it exactly well my fact has got a lot less uh backdrop and a lot less um it's probably a lot less impressive but if, for anybody that doesn't know, me and David are massive fans of uh, Ricky Gervais, and um, some of the right, stuff, you say this one. <laughs> yeah, some of the stuff that he comes out with is absolutely incredible. And he's talking about um, he's talking about these facts, and he says you can you can lead a, a cow upstairs, but not down. <laughs> And it's to do with the way that their it's to do with the way that their their knees move. I think like it just it just wouldn't quite work. But the way the way, the way he kind of um, announces this fact is he says something like, "Imagine the first bloke that found that up, found that out. He's sort of farmer or something takes his takes his favorite cow upstairs and leads him up, no problem, and has his way with the with the cow. Has <laughs> his way with the cow." <laughs> And then on the go goes to take him down. He goes, "Oh no!" The cow looks at him. Goes, "I can't go back. I can't go back down." What do you mean you can't back down? Worse, well, it's, it's my knees, isn't it? My knees ain't gonna come out. Never mind that. My fucking wife's coming home in a minute. And that joke is just so great. So there's my fact. Um, you can lead a cow upstairs, but not down. Hopefully, that's something that will never be um, necessary for you to know. 
No. Um, otherwise, you probably shouldn't come back to the next podcast. No, that's it. But what you might find is that, you know, stick around for the whole podcast and you've got some interesting stuff or maybe just an interesting story that you can take down the pub next week or, you know, over to your mate's house and stimulate the conversation and then tell them Velocity Podcast, Craig and David, they run this great thing. And all of a sudden, you know, word of mouth, isn't it? The other thing you might occasionally get is a little bit of uh, intel how to help you build your personal training business, but we're not promising anything uh, on that. We've got lots of other stuff for that. Cool. All, All right. right. We'll wrap it up, guys. Thank you so much for listening to our first episode. Hope you enjoyed it. This is the Velocity Podcast with Craig the Egg Rimmer. And we need to think of something for you. David yeah. Johnny Bravo Miller. We'll go with that for now. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>